0: Well, hello there, and welcome into another episode of the Cannabis Man Podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on the show. I am your host, Don Kleppen. And if it's your first time here, this is a show where we're trying to take a journalistic look at all things cannabis. I'm a broadcaster in Chicago. You can hear me do news and traffic on the radio at various stations and times throughout the week. And I'm a personal cannabis user of about 18 or 19 years at this point. And I just wanted to start having conversations and kind of doing more. My own part to uh, answer some of the questions that people have about cannabis. As well as talk with experts in the space, whether those be researchers, entrepreneurs, government leaders, journalists, and bring that insight to you here on this podcast. If you would be so kind, please go ahead and leave a rating or review for the podcast, whichever platform you're using to listen to the show. Just click that rating or review button. If you're listening on YouTube, click the like and be sure to become a subscriber. You can do that by scrolling down and clicking the support the show link. And follow the show on social media at Seaman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and the Cannabis Man Podcast Facebook page. This week, I will be giving you an update into how things have been going for me ever since the end of my dry January. I've continued exploring some new products that I'll tell you about. I have some news stories I thought were worth bringing to your attention and, of course, an expert interview. A dispensary group in Illinois is expanding their footprint in the Chicago area. They have a great story, a lot of great products and some discounts and you'll hear all about those later in the show. So let's get into this episode of the Cannabis Man podcast. Cannabis Man.
1: This is Tommy Chong and you're listening to the Cannabis uh, Broadcast.
0: Yeah! All righty. Now we're into the show properly. Thank you so much for all the feedback and all the engagement with the show. I really love that you're listening to it, and I really love all the back and forth that I've gotten from listeners just talking about the guests they've enjoyed, some of the products that they've tried after hearing about them on the show. And by all means, if you have any suggestions, any kind of feedback, any questions, or any products or suggestions that you'd like to make, feel free to hit up the show on social media at cmanpodcast.com. Or you can send an email to host at CannabisManPodcast.com. If you've been listening at all recently, you know that I am still coming back from my dry January, my modified tolerance break for 31 days. And my cannabis tolerance is not yet at the level uh, that it was before I took the break. So that being said, I haven't been using as many products or as much cannabis as I was before taking the break, still kind of working my way back up to that. And the same goes for alcohol and caffeine and and sugars and meat as well. All the things that I took a break from during January, uh, all of those still, to me, a little is going a long way. On that note, I'm recording this a little later in the afternoon, and as such, I'm drinking some Ticino, which is kind of a coffee substitute that I was leaning on pretty heavily during my dry month without caffeine. This is a dandelion caramel nut flavor. Still enjoy the Ticino. You know, I have been having coffee Coffee in the morning, kind of getting back into my caffeine kick. I love combining caffeine and cannabis whenever I have the opportunity to. And so uh, I've been really enjoying getting back on the coffee kick, but uh, I do love Ticino. And even when I'm not taking a break from caffeine, it is kind of a nice afternoon substitute for another cup of coffee or for a different cup of tea, like green tea or peppermint that I'll have kind of later in the afternoon. So it's just been interesting for me, Ticino definitely has its place in my life. It came into my life as this coffee substitute, but even now when I'm back on coffee, I'm still totally enjoying the Ticino. And I've also been enjoying some pre-rolls from Verano. Now I have brought up some Verano products on the show before, and I have to say I was not impressed with them that I tried thus far. I, I talked about some shake that I got from Verano. I've talked about some other flower and pre-rolls that I've tried from them. It just never really, the quality of the products I tried from them never really stood out in a good capacity. Uh, in fact, that shake i remember reviewing pretty negatively i recall it being very dry and kind of leaving me with a headache but i am happy to inform you that these pre-rolls that i got are their essence brand of jay's which is advertised as a more high quality line of cannabis products from verano essence and these pre-rolls that i got are the strain sweet apple crumble pie and I gotta say, compared to the Verano products that I've sampled in the past, this was a very refreshing improvement. Sweet Apple Crumble Pie is listed as an uplifting cultivar, growing dense and sticky with fruity sweet notes and earthy undertones that lend to cerebral and euphoric effects. Its lineage is Sour Apple and Triple Cush. It's categorized as an Indica, And the listed effects include euphoric, uplifting, with flavors that include sweet, fruity, and earthy. Now, as I said, my tolerance is still low enough where I haven't really been smoking so much in the morning or throughout the day. I've been keeping my cannabis use to the evenings mostly. And so this Indica Sweet Apple Crumble Pie has kind of leaned into that for me. I do prefer Sativas on the regular, but again, as I've talked about on the show before, I think that Indica Sativas... Sativa hybrid is a vast oversimplification uh, to try and categorize how many hundreds of compounds and terpenes that we know about across the world of cannabis. But seeing as these are the modes that we use to categorize these things, for right now, I will stick to it and say that even though I do tend to lean towards sativas myself, this indica, I still feel like indicas have their place, and this one, having it at the end of my day, after dinner, after the work day, very much puts the mind at ease, gives you some relief, gets you set up for that bedtime. It's blissful. Doesn't really give too many of the munchies that I've noticed, but it does relax you. It does kind of ease the anxiety and the sharpness that can be left over from the day. Definitely something that I enjoy, and I would go back again for more. I think this Sweet Apple Crumble Pie, these pre-rolls from Verano's Essence line is definitely worth it. The price point I thought was pretty good, too, for these uh, for these essence products, this pack of five joints, and these aren't shorties either. Uh, these were easily, I would say, half a gram per, and they were about twenty-five bucks. And I got them from the Wrigleyville Sunnyside, where you know that I often do my shopping. Another another strain from Verano's essence flower that I tried was the Burmese Kush rolls. The lineage here comes from Burmese and SFVOG Kush. The description I'm getting from IHeartJane.com The beautiful buds of Burmese Kush are a show-off. Rich deep green hues and a thick dusting of trichomes bring forth a scent of pine and flavors of honey and sage. This hybrid strain, which is how it's categorized, offers a calming effect leading to a mellow outlook guiding you to pleasant feelings of hunger and euphoria. I definitely did notice munchies more with the Burmese Kush, and I have to say, I did not find as much enjoyment from these as I did the Sweet Apple Crumble Pie. The Burmese Kush was decent. Listed effects are mellow, calming, euphoric. I did get mellow and calming, but these flavors they list, Pine, Spice, Turpentine is actually something they list here, and I'll say that's kind of the flavor that I got. Pine and Spice didn't really come through for me, but a little bit of the the Turpentine uh, is really what came through, and I noticed that this was also very dry. Just like the shake that I talked about from Verano in the past, I was not impressed with the smell and with the dryness of this Burmese kush. Felt it more in the head than the body, and as I said, uh, there was a little bit of munchies with these, but probably not a product I'm going to go back to personally. Did like the sweet apple crumble pie, not a big fan of the Burmese kush from Verano essence there. Now let's roll right into the News Joint Wrap, brought to you by IllinoisNewsJoint.com. Think of it as the joint you can hit for all your Illinois cannabis news and reviews. These are news headlines and events related to cannabis in or around Illinois. And one story I thought was worth your attention, Illinois Representative Vela introduces cannabis DUI bill. As Jason Brown of IllinoisNewsJoint.com notes here, this comes on the heels of the Illinois Supreme Court recently hearing oral arguments about aroma as lone probable cause for a vehicle search. That aroma being uh, related to marijuana, Illinois Representative Dave Vela introduced on the 7th of February House Bill 4890 which would amend the vehicle code to include language that eventually would allow law enforcement to use a cannabis breathalyzer during a sobriety test. HB 4890 would add the word breath to the law and state driving while under the influence of alcohol, other drug or drugs intoxicating compound or compounds or any combination thereof the person has within two hours of driving or being in actual physical control of a vehicle a THC concentration in the person's breath, blood, or other bodily substance other than urine. Now, the article goes on to uh, give some more details about the bill that was introduced, but this is inevitable to me, and honestly, I find it to be a good development. You may remember I brought up on a recent episode, there is a, a new ratio, a new possibility to measure current inebriation by thc this was out of the university of colorado study i believe and they found another way of measuring with 98 percent certainty through a breathalyzer really they measured these metabolites and a ratio between two of them and basically are able to suss out if you've consumed or not within the last 30 minutes again with 98 percent certainty and therefore they have a better idea of whether you're actually under the influence of that much more accurately than THC blood tests currently give us a view of. And that development, this ability to measure more accurately current state, whether it's altered or not, or whether, you know, you ingested THC 30 minutes ago versus any time in the last three weeks. With that is going to come the potential for more regulation, but in this case, that's a good thing. We want them, we want law enforcement to be using devices that give them a more accurate reading instead of just taking basic THC blood tests like they do now. And if you're a regular user, you can test positive for that. Up to 11 weeks after your last time using cannabis, which is almost three months. So, obviously, we've needed improvement in that regard. And when that improvement comes, as it seems to be on the way right now, that's going to lead to better regulation for all of us. Another story here from IllinoisNewsJoint.com. HB 5284 to eliminate healthcare facility restrictions on medical cannabis use. If the bill becomes law, Illinois-registered qualifying medical cannabis patients would gain more Within a healthcare facility. This article came out February 9th. Jason Brown notes that the day before, Illinois Rep. Kevin John O'Lickle introduced the bill that would eliminate healthcare facility restrictions on medical cannabis use by registered qualifying patients. The amendments to the Compassionate Use of Medical Cannabis Program Act would look like this Provision 1 No healthcare facility shall prohibit the use of medical cannabis by a registered qualifying patient within a healthcare facility unless the patient is receiving emergency services and care that is deemed medically necessary by the patient's healthcare provider no healthcare facility shall unreasonably restrict the manner in which the registered qualifying patient stores and uses medical cannabis so i'm sure you can see already how beneficial this would be anybody in a healthcare facility in illinois if you're a qualifying medical patient and you're registered with your card and it's all active, you could be in a hospital, you could be in a pharmacy, you could be somewhere, and the use of your medical cannabis would not be prohibited by any of these facilities that you could be in. So this could be huge as well. I really like the way that that might go. And one final story I thought you'd really like to hear about, listener, the Illinois Senate Bill 2321 would remove workplace THC drug tests. Illinois Senator Robert Peters introduced the bill on February 8th. (laughs) We'll be right back. The cat sat on the Which, among other amendments, would provide an employer may not refuse to hire an individual or discipline an employee because of results of an individual's drug test indicate the presence of THC on the part of that individual. SB 2321 amends the Right to Privacy in the Workplace Act and deletes references to a THC drug-free workplace policy. An amendment also defines lawful products, quote, as products that are legal for the employee to use. Under state law, SB 2321 does permit an employer to enforce a pre-employment drug testing policy, zero-tolerance drug testing policy, random drug testing policy, or drug-free workplace policy, or disciplining an employee for violating such policy, but provides that an employer may not take an adverse action against an employee solely because of a positive drug test for cannabis unless the test results exceed the limit set forth in certain DUI provisions of the Illinois Vehicle Code. Again, kind of getting at the point where if you are severely altered, if you're in an inebriated state brought on by use of cannabis at your workplace, just like with alcohol or any other substance that can get you to that severely altered state, if you test and prove that that's where you are, there will be consequences for it. So it's certainly not carte blanche to just, you know, show up at work completely blitzed which none of us should be doing anyway unless you're comfortable risking the consequences of that but i like that this adjusts the right to privacy in the workplace act and could potentially bump thc drug tests altogether from several companies so i'll definitely keep an eye on any adjustments with that and of course if you're interested in any more information about those stories and reviews and events and other such topics related to cannabis around illinois head to illinoisnewsjoint.com before we get to this week's interview, listener, I wanted to give you a little bit of an update. Uh, I mentioned last week on the episode when I was interviewing Jason Erkes of Cresco Labs talking about their partnership between the 50-50 group and their good news brand of cannabis that resulted in a THC-infused buffalo wing sauce which they sold at Sunnyside Dispensaries ahead of the Super Bowl. I was lucky enough to get to try some of that buffalo wing sauce. My wife, who is seven months pregnant, so she made the food, but she did not partake in it. But she still was kind enough to make me about six wings, and she put on about 20 milligrams worth of the sauce, uh, in terms of THC anyway. She spread that across the wings, and... My goodness, did I love my experience with these. The flavor, first of all, just in terms of it being regular buffalo wing sauce, the flavor was unique and positive in many ways. What I felt from it was a fun mix of sweet and sour and spicy. It was crazy. I mean, the first thing I noticed was like the sweetness and then it kind of drops off the way sweet and sour chicken does like if you're eating Chinese food. The sweetness hits you first, then you're left with a little bit of like a sour aftertaste and then the spice moves in slowly. After about 2 or 3 wings, I had to take a break because the spice meter was for real. It felt like my tongue was numb at some point and I had to have some like milk on hand there too. But anyway, I finished the- the six. They were fantastic. And by midway through the fourth quarter, and certainly through the overtime period of this Super Bowl, I was really, really feeling, especially after this dry January and my tolerance isn't where it was, I was really feeling the effects of this. Uh, I was very spacey in the head. I was barely paying attention to the game, totally glued to the couch and just enjoying my, my time. Severely altered, and it was it was great. I've still got plenty of the Super Sauce left, and I look forward to having more of this uh, on a special occasion or whatever. But I, as I mentioned last week on the episode, I just hope to continue seeing products like this. Cresco has a huge umbrella of brands and there are so many good food makers in and around Illinois and the Chicago area. So I thought that partnership between them and the 50-50 group to make this wing sauce was just beautiful. Now, having tried it, I want more and more of this stuff. And I just really hope that they decide to continue this partnership in the future. But in the meantime, if you get a chance to try the wing sauce from the 50-50 group and good news under Cresco's cannabis product brands. If you're a fan of hot wings, if you're a fan of this stuff, you really owe it to yourself to give this a try. The experience of eating was excellent enough as it was. And then the after effects of just kind of sitting there getting more and more stoned after eating those delicious wings. Fantastic. I would sign up for that every Super Bowl Sunday if I could. Listener, my guest today uh, has a very interesting story to tell, and I, I can't wait to, to get into it with him. Uh, he is working with uh, a very unique dispensary, hopefully you know, one that a story that becomes a little more common, I think we're all hoping for as Illinois continues to abide by the commitments that it made to social equity. I've talked on the show a lot about the equity component of Illinois' cannabis market, and we all know that last year, Financially, uh, was great for Illinois. Cannabis has been the state bringing in 1.6 billion dollars in recreational sales last year. But as I've talked about on the show before too, it's a very small group and it's a it's a limited group that's been really enjoying uh, reaping the rewards of that success. A lot of the people who are in legal cannabis thus far are mainly uh, white white guys, you know. And and we Governor Pritzker started this banging the drum about how important social equity was and I totally get that lawsuits have tied up a lot of these dispensaries licenses in court at least they did for the first two years or so and only now are we finally starting to see some of these social equity business owners getting their operations up and running and uh, all of that is kind of a long winded way of saying that Ivy Hall which is one of the few social equity licenses in the market is opened their eighth location in Logan Square. And first of all, having eight locations in Illinois as a social equity license holder is impressive enough as it is. But to be in Logan Square, serving that market along with Humboldt Park, uh, where I used to live, I'm really looking forward to talking with uh, my guest today, who is the vice president of Ivy Hall, Omar Delgado. Welcome in, Omar. Hi, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. In the introduction, there, uh, I, I wanted to say I, I think that you know eight locations is really exciting. As I say, especially for a social equity license holder, um, and I'm a huge fan of the Logan Square neighborhood. I mentioned I used to live in Humboldt Park. Those those parts of the city are so vibrant. Um, but Humboldt, especially, doesn't even it it hasn't had a dispensary. So Ivy Hall is the first in that sort of location. So there's a lot I want to talk with you about, but let's just start with you. How did you get into cannabis here and, and sort of getting into Ivy Hall?
1: Yeah, no, thank you. For sure. So I started in cannabis in 2018, just got recruited over, um, ran a dispensary in Oak Park for a few years, um, and then just got my legs under me there, um, was the general manager and the picture buyer for uh, for that store, and then um, you know, I started to help that organization within a few different states as well just getting a little bit of uh uh, just just some experience in different states as you know i'm sure you know very well just like the black cities and laws it's just very interesting to get an understanding of that and see what different markets are doing with products and you know just got a a good experience there from there uh I, i went over to a different cannabis company um, started running a, a few more stores for another company. And then I was, uh, I was recruited over to, to Ivy Hall in October of 2022. A few of, a few of the co-founders just explained to me what the vision was and, and how they, uh, anticipated, uh, having a, a footprint in the market. And I was excited to, to hear about that. And to your point earlier, you know, the social equity component of it. Um, really resonated with me. I I felt like I had a tremendous amount of experience within the retail world itself. And then within the cannabis sector, I I had a fair amount of experience seeing as though it it still was fairly new and I was in it right before it even went recreational. So I felt that I could bring a lot to the table and and, and help, and help uh, this group get get on their feet. And it's just been a really, uh, a really cool ride so far.
0: That's awesome. You know, as you say, I think, you know, you mentioned how the, the equity component of it, it, it is really important. I've talked about it on the show before, you know, too. The, the war on drugs was always a failure, and it's just every passing year, it's just kind of compounding that failure uh, to a worse and worse degree. And that's why I think when, you know, Governor Pritzker and, and others as well, other politicians, but, but him specifically here in Illinois, he, he touted the importance of walking that social equity line. The, the communities that were most disproportionately impacted by that war on drugs they can't be left behind in this you know new green rush. They have to be the ones to disproportionately benefit ideally from this you know this change in legal status. So I think it's totally cool that you re- that that resonated with you for Ivy Hall. And uh, it seems like Ivy Hall was the first black owned dispensary in the Logan Square neighborhood. Is that right?
1: So we were the first in the Bucktown neighborhood, but we were the first to launch as a social equity license in the state. Gotcha. So, yeah, It was great. We had a chance to meet um, Governor Pritzker actually, and we, we got to thank him in person for um, the work that he's done and, and everybody down there. Uh, you know, down at Springfield. And he actually, um, did an appearance at our Bugtown location. Uh, a few weeks after we opened, so that that was a really cool experience to have.
0: Yeah, yeah, I bet, and that is awesome. I mean, it's I, anytime you know you you got a business going, and the governor comes to kind of say hello. I think that's that's huge for any business. And I that that Logan Square, Bucktown, Humboldt, as I mentioned, just that kind of uh, that area is always so lively. And I just think that again, you know, dispensaries, restaurants, uh, breweries over there. It's just it's always a, a great time. So I think it's a great location for for ivy hall to have set up there so let's talk a little about how it has been going uh as i mentioned at the top you know illinois raked in a a lot of money last year just from recreational cannabis as it stands is ivy hall uh medical and recreational so
1: we're, we're only recreational
0: okay Gotcha, and so even adult rec, you know that that one point six billion number was just from adult rec cannabis. So that I mean that's over a billion and a half dollars in in state revenue from one product just from adult rec. How how has that been going uh, in Ivy Halls? You know, eight locations now. What products do you guys have that people are I would say most excited about? What are they buying the most of? Uh, and then we can kind of move into Illinois's legal cannabis after that.
1: Yeah, no. So it's been it's been going great. Um, that, like you said, we we've opened up our our eighth location, and you know it's one that's really close to my heart. I know that. You say that you you lived in the uh, in the Humboldt Park uh, neighborhood, and, and I, I grew up around there. I lived in that area between there and Homebo, Logan, and uh, like Belmont, Craigan area. Oh, sure. In my early 20s. Right, yeah, on, right so. on,
0: dude. Yeah, I was between the flags uh, off of, you know, California Division, Division and Humboldt there. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Of course. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's interesting to me. I'm sorry to get off topic here a bit, but... Oh, go for it. Um, you know as we were just, like, building the store and and, and doing the things that it takes in order to, you know, become operational, every time I was was going into the neighborhood, it was, like, just taking a stroll down memory lane, you know? Like, even the actual site that we are on is where my mother used to, Take me to do laundry with her. <laughs> so wow. it was just like
0: oh, man. a real
1: full circle thing. When I called her, she was just like, What? I, she was like, That is so funny. I'm like, Isn't it? I'm like, Now every time that I go to that store, that's why it's like really close to my heart. Cause as soon as I go into the store and I'm just in the area, I'm like, Oh my God, my mom and I used to go here and my dad used to take me here. And it just like all starts to rush back. And it, it was a really like cool, full circle moment for me. And just thinking about, you know, growing up and and how the challenges in that area were and and how many people face challenges with with cannabis and now just to be there doing it legally and really being a service to the community, you know, with the amount of people that we hire that are from the area. There was just like so much that, that it was like a really proud moment when we were able to cut the ribbon and get those doors open.
0: Yeah, that's that's so awesome. And I the way you describe the neighborhood, it's it is like that and I just it's so loyal too. I mean, people have lived there for decades. It's the same families it feels like up and down those blocks. And like you said, you know, a lot of them have have had bad run ins, you know, in terms of cannabis. It's caused problems for them in the past. So yeah. like you said, that, that loyalty, uh, for them, the commitment to the area and now having a dispensary there, it is really full circle. It's cool that you can kind of return that loyalty, you know, back to them in a place that is just, uh, it's just full of it, you know?
1: Definitely. So, so for us, uh, we definitely are fortunate and, and have some success and, you know, have, have people within our organization that, that have a lot of experience and, and I think that that. Is really where we're finding a lot of our success. We've been set up, um, you know, to win. And right now, uh, we have a various, various amounts of products. I know you asked kind of what's, what's really turning the needle. Um, I mean, it's still going to be like your tried and true's. We're still always, uh, uh, you know, traditional like flower stores that ranges like across all stores. It's, it's interesting when you look at it from, you know, really what's selling because it's, it's like a, it's like a two, a, a two prong thing. One is, Bulk flour, right? Like so, people are always looking for deals, like whether it's on ounces or half ounces or shake. That's really something that carries like the volume of of the stores, right? Like that. That I would say is probably like the biggest pillar. But then, as as we're starting to to, to navigate um, the upcoming, like the craft rolls that are coming in, and there's there's that, that niche where people really want to see what's new, what's exciting, what's different, and we're starting to see that that portion of the business starting to get its legs and, and starting to build up um which is interesting right because that's, that's like a really a really uh opposite end of the spectrum you go in and you, you know you want to most people are looking to grab an ounce and if you can get out the door for under 200 with with the taxes and everything i feel like people typically feel like they got a great deal and right. now we're coming into some of these craft growers where the focus is really on, you know, the terpene profiles of it, the bud composition and really just trying to hand trim it and just trying to bring a, a, another level of, um, of execution on, on, on the flower. So we're starting to see that and that price is, you know, usually like around $60 is what we're moving those days for. So that's, a, that's a kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum. So I, I think that that's starting to get legs, but ultimately know bulk bulk flour and, and it is really like the pillar of, of like what's generating volume for us.
0: I think that that is probably the 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 real life blood uh, as as you were describing it for for a lot of dispensaries. I think it is it is the bulk and then it's the more um, specialty stuff, the premium sort of yeah. value tier where it's you know I think a lot of a lot of us stoners, as you say, you're always you're going to be looking to go in and you know you know you got to get through the month, so I, I want to get an ounce for you know the best price That I possibly can. But then there's also a lot of us, uh, a lot of the same shoppers, where it's like, all right, I have the stuff that's going to get me through the month, but now I'd like to go and try something new, try something unique that a small batch grower just harvested and made for themselves. I want to play around with some different terpenes from the bulk that I just bought. Uh, I want to kind of, you know, change it up and everything. So uh, that different uh, price tier, that system that you were kind of talking about the the value tier so that people can get what they want at a lower price but then when they're in the mood or they're they just kind of feel like exploring a little bit or they want to support a, a small batch grower like I said you know maybe they'll splurge a little for a higher priced but you know more premium product so it's cool that you guys offer both of those
1: yeah yeah it's important for us to you know uh, serve every every customer you know I really want to make sure that when you come into one of our locations you know, from experience to aesthetics to selection to pricing, you know, we have you covered and we have a great and robust loyalty program. So we have a lot of, a lot of aspects that they just kind of work on, on customer retention and, and, and want to show the customer how important it is for their business. Like their business is ultimately, you know, what we're striving to attain and retain, you know? So uh, having that variety and, and, and making sure that, that it's all inclusive on our menu is, is very important to us.
0: I'm wondering, do you guys, you, you mentioned that you do have that, that flower at the two different tiers. Uh, I don't know if, if you have these products now or I'm just kind of curious if there's any plan to, but do you guys have, have edibles or concentrates or drinks or yeah. any of the other stuff kind of that's, that's been making waves in that end?
1: Oh, definitely. So we carry a, 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 a broader assortment of products. Again, like the flower is what you would consider, uh, you know, the, the most popular of it. But then uh, we carry a lot of pre-rolls. And uh, with pre-rolls, you have them I in mean, various sizes and packs. And now what's becoming really, um, really popular in stores is like infused joints. And then they just infuse them in so many different ways, whether it's, you know, some will do it with distillate, some will do it with sand, some will do it with keys. Right. So I'm going to do it with crumble, wax, et cetera, et cetera. And then we have those actual concentrates on their own. And we carry edibles from your traditional gummies and every kind of ratio that you can think of to chocolate, to cereal bars, to cookies, to powders that you can put into liquids to enhance your beverage and give you the effect you're going for. Um, and then you have your cartridges and, and your disposable vapes. And those are coming in, in various sizes and from, you know, rosins to dissonant. Um, and, and just every which way for that as well. And then beverages are like a fast coin brand. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are starting to explore with beverages and then for your for your more new beginner kind of weary about getting into cannabis. Uh, I think the easiest way for most people to start is always with like a topical and we carry those things as well. And we carry, um, sublinguals and, and droppers. So yeah, we, we carry it up. We carry it on.
0: That. Right on. Um,
1: make sure that. Yeah, exactly. That's Sorry, good. No, that's good. That. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: for, sure. for sure. Yeah, I think, as you say, meeting people where they are is really important. People have different, you know, wants, needs. And I love that, you know, you brought up topicals. I think that that's huge. That and gummies, they really seem to be the lowest barrier to entry for people who maybe don't have any experience with cannabis. And now that it's legal, they yeah, at some point try and, you know, they want to see more about it. They want to experiment. And those two products, I really feel like, you know, topical creatives and then just something like a gummy or even a drink. You know, you mentioned those are also getting popular. That stuff is huge for people who've never tried cannabis, maybe have no interest in smoking or for whatever reason. And I think having stuff that, uh, you know, is, is reachable for people at, at any stage, that's that's really cool that you guys are doing that. I, I'm curious too, do you guys have any, uh, at Ivy Hall, do you have any in-house brands or like, are you sort of partnering with any growers or, or people who are cultivating? products aside from like the big three you know i always talk about on the show there's the we got verano we got cresco we got uh, green thumb with rise and they they all have their different collection of brands i'm just kind of curious if ivy hall has any partnerships that you know that they that they value that way or if you guys kind of make any products in-house like that
1: yeah no that's actually a great question and it's it's definitely in the works right now so we do have a, a flower brand that is going to drop uh shortly we we haven't uh gotten the exact date of release um but definitely more to come so very excited to get that going and you know I, I we just haven't um released too much detail around it yet so you're like the first person that like knows outside of ivy hall that it's happening hey right cool.
0: on a little breaking news cool, right yeah. here i like you it are,
1: you're breaking news for sure but you know <laughs> so we're We're still, we're still, you know, kind of just formulating, um, like the market plan for for our release, but really excited to to get some, some, um, some house brand flower to go. It's going to be very premium and. We're partnering with with a great brand and uh, really excited to, to get that going. So yeah, that that'll come at, at some point in uh, in early March, and we're looking to we're looking to see where that where that takes us. But you know, we're excited to just have uh have our own brand on our shelves, and you know, it's really going to represent what Ivy Hall is all about, and you know, be a premium product at, at a really great price.
0: Right on. Yeah that that does that does sound exciting, and I, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are going to be looking forward to giving that a try uh, to just you know keep. So- supporting Ivy Hall in whichever way they can. On that note, uh, in terms of supporting, as we've been saying, there's eight locations. I know that you are obviously involved with the Logan Square location. Uh, where if where can people find the other locations to figure out which one's closest to them? If you know offhand what other neighborhoods they're yeah. in or if there's a website people can go to.
1: Yeah, so we have eight locations as you stated. You can uh, definitely go over to ivyhall.shop that'll take you to our website and it'll you write it up to our menu. You can also go to ivyhalldispensaries.com. dot com. Either way, it'll it'll get you over to our store locators in the city. We have one in, in Bucktown um, on Damon on Damon and uh, St. Paul. Gotcha. Um, and then we have some in the we have some in the northern suburbs. We have uh, Bowling Brook, Crystal Lake, Glendale Heights, Montgomery, Waukegan, and then we have one in Central Illinois, and Peoria. That one uh, was our seventh location to open. Yep. And then we have another store coming uh, hopefully this month. Uh we're we're in the process with the state now, um, just finalizing our application and making sure that we uh we set up our inspection with them. But we're anticipating that we will open our ninth location in, in February.
0: Wow. And that's- that'll
1: be in the same way.
0: That's very exciting. It's, it seems like you guys really are, you know, cooking with gas right now at Ivy Hall. Uh, and I'm, I wanted to ask about that. You know, you obviously with eight locations, with a ninth, you know, coming later this month in February. You guys have a lot of experience working with the state and the regulations, the the getting the you know the paperwork in on time and and all of what it takes to get you know to to remain compliant with the state and get your operations up and running. What has your experience been like working with the state of Illinois? And, and it's legal cannabis. How have you found this process to be um, just in terms of getting your stuff and getting onto the market and everything?
1: Yeah, so I, I would say, I think that um, my approach with the state has always been to um, leverage them as a partner, right? So every every time that we go through and we're making decisions, you know, for the, the safety of our customers, for the safety of our employees, and there's some things that, like really, uh, like, really black and white, like, really take the, the state on as a partner, and I think when you do that and, and you really um, show them like your commitment to compliance and, and the fact that, you know, you want to be a great operator. And, and I take a lot of pride in, in our stores being, uh, you know, great operators. So that, that's the way I've always seen it with them. I, you know, I have many of their personal numbers from uh, the IDSPR and ISP. And, you know, I think that the more you communicate with them and the more open you are with, with, with them. Um, the better your relationship is So you know For us In, in general it's, it's been a really great relationship uh, we, we haven't had Any issues At all and, and I think that It just really comes down To the fact that You know We we always take them on As a partner um, we, we, we prefer to like Over communicate than, than not communicate enough and, and I think that That really Takes our relationship To another level with them and, and there's a lot of Mutual respect there as well
0: That's good Yeah that that sounds good I, I think that's a, a great uh, Mantra that you've got there Like a great attitude about it and I'm sure the state appreciates that as well um, you know a couple more questions Omar um, do you guys have any I mean we you know we mentioned that Illinois is it's all the states uh, right now until the DEA the FDA until we get any kind of news about rescheduling uh, and changing the, the federal prohibition here each state I always say on the show is effectively its own island in terms of cannabis laws you know there's there's no interstate commerce everybody does it a different way are there any plans for for Ivy Hall to do anything outside of the state of Illinois, even down the road, obviously you guys have had great success here uh, in the land of Lincoln. But I'm just wondering any any plans to expand beyond the borders?
1: So we're currently just making sure that the operation within Illinois gets to its temp store and, and that we're capped there. But we're excited for the possibility. Right now, we don't have anything concrete on the horizon, but. We are open to possibilities. You know, we really feel like if, if there is a possibility and, and it makes sense for us, um, definitely something that we're going to consider. Uh, we're really proud of, of the brand we've built, the reputation that we're getting. And if, if we could expand that into a state that we see an opportunity and, and a need to fill. We will definitely be be interested in doing so.
0: Right, right on. That's that's fantastic. I know that my listeners uh, outside of Illinois will be very happy to hear that. And uh, in the meantime, uh, if you're not in Illinois, come on over and uh, and check out uh, whichever Ivy Hall you can get over to. Because as Omar stated, they got eight dispensaries up right now. A ninth is coming, and it sounds like they have a lot of great products for you to go and check out. Uh, one more thing, I wanted to ask you, Omar. I noticed uh, in, in one of the media releases that uh, ivy hall is is black and veteran owned Uh, i'm just i was talking with uh, another business recently and they they do something where they run discounts for veterans every day Uh, i'm happy to cut this out if if you'd like but i'm just curious do you guys run any discounts for veterans or or any kind of planned discounts or specials like that that people can kind of you know mark their calendars for
1: yeah definitely thank you don great question so for veterans we have a twenty percent discount that's standing and then we also have some other discounts that are standing. So for industry we give people twenty percent off, medical card holders fifteen percent off, first responders, teachers, seniors, SSDI, all fifteen percent off. Um and then we have some specific days where we do some really cool stuff, like senior Sundays we give twenty percent off to seniors all day. If you're a med card holder, we have med card mondays, you get twenty five percent off. And then, if you're part of our of our membership uh, for, for Tuesdays, we have Thank You Tuesdays, and we give anybody that's in our Charter Club, um, which is our loyalty program, extra percentages on top of our already great deals. So, Deal. a, lot, a lot a lot to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. <laughs> that, that that's awesome. I love the honestly the loyalty program thing. I haven't seen a lot of dispensaries doing that. I you know I, I figured it was it was something that would come, but that's something I think that it's cool that you guys are already doing that, uh, and I'm sure that you know. I'm sure that people will get some good stuff out of joining that too.
1: Yeah, awesome. And then Sunday through Thursday, we do uh, early bird in the last class, the first hour and the last hour. We also get 10% off of our, of our promotions as well. So if you're in the know, you know that that's a great time to come by and you know we're always ready and excited to have customers come
0: in and take advantage of those deals and people do So it's really awesome right on so head to ivyhall.shop listener and you can figure out where your nearest store is and when those uh, what discounts you can perhaps apply for but either way definitely worth getting out to an Ivy Hall and checking one of those out I'll be doing that myself very soon I can't wait to try some of these brands that we were just talking about Omar Delgado Vice President of the Logan Square Ivy Hall thank you so much for jumping on today and kind of sharing a little bit of your story with us
1: yeah, Don, uh, my pleasure. This was so much fun. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I hope when you get a chance to come to Ivy Hall, we're the place that you shop, and for your listeners as well, we really uh, value our customers, and, and we want to represent that through experience and, you know, through our menu offerings, and, you know, hopefully we learn their names and, and they come back to us, and, you know, we make it a meaningful relationship moving forward, so thanks
0: again. Oh, absolutely, and thanks for, thanks for what you're doing. Keep up the great work. We'll talk again. Thank you, sir. bye And there you have it, listener. I want to thank one more time my guest, Omar Delgado of Ivy Hall. I am really looking forward to getting over to one of their many locations. I'd love to hit up the uh, that Logan Square Bucktown one myself just because I haven't been to that area of town in a while. But I love their philosophy there. I like what they're doing in terms of the discounts. And as I said at the top of the interview, it is an ownership group that I think we can all get behind and we'd all like to see more of. As far as I'm concerned, the quality of the products and the end users experience, us the consumers, that is top of mind. That's the most important thing. Second most important thing is making sure that communities that were disproportionately harmed by the war on drugs are benefiting disproportionately from this new legal cannabis industry. I get it. In a free market, you know, the market should suss out the best products, and those ideally would rise to the top and all of that. But the more social equity businesses that are on Illinois streets and dispensaries that are up and running, so that all of us can support social equity owners the better our cannabis market is going to be. So I love what Ivy Hall's doing, and I'm certainly going to get over there as soon as I can. I encourage you to do the same. I've got two other headlines to share with you this week, listener. I thought both of these topics would be of interest to you. The first one is from Normal.org. If you haven't heard my interview with Paul Armentano of Normal, highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's just chock full of insights from Paul, who's been in this space for the last 30 years. But Normal Put out an article here with the headline reading Study THC Blood Levels Not correlated with changing in driving performance. Now I wanted to bring this up because as I mentioned earlier states like Illinois are looking into how they are policing driving while under the influence of cannabis and they are right now trying to settle on and as I mentioned earlier there's some exciting developments in terms of being able to read accurately how under the influence you are right now of THC that you may have ingested within the last 30 minutes or so and and that's a good thing as i've said i think accurate readings of how people are being affected that's just going to be better for us and society to normalize cannabis going forward in order for them to sort of open the doors and let us use this in a capacity as normal as alcohol they're going to need to be able to test for it immediately and accurately. Ideally, the way that we have blood alcohol concentration tests now. Having a numerical system of value that can, at a snapshot, take a reading from you and immediately tell somebody how inebriated you are, that is a crucial step in order to making this a normal part of our society. However related to this topic, Normal highlights this study out of Toronto, Canada. This was published January 25th at Normal.org. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll give you some highlights. The article starts, The presence of THC in blood is not predictive of detriments in psychomotor performance, according to driving simulator data published in the journal JAMA Network Open, J-A-M-A. Researchers affiliated with the University of Toronto assessed subjects simulated driving performance at baseline and then again 30 and 180 minutes after smoking cannabis. Participants were between the ages of 65 and 79 years old and smoked cannabis with a mean THC potency, so the average of 19%, as much as they wanted prior to driving. The article goes on, subjects exhibited small changes in SDLP, which in parentheses they specify is weaving, 30 minutes after cannabis inhalation. Investigators describe these changes as less pronounced than those associated with drivers with a bac below 0.05 percent that 30 minutes after smoking as much cannabis they wanted these 65 to 79 year olds were weaving less than drivers who had a bac below 0.05 percent meaning that in that control group The variations on their psychomotor controls, holding onto the wheel and operating the vehicle. Their weaving was less pronounced than people who were a little buzzed but still within the legal limit for alcohol consumption. The article goes on, "...consistent with the results of prior studies, participants decreased their speed after smoking and were more likely to self-assess their performance as impaired." cannabis use did not impact participants reaction times and then the last thing i'll read is that subjects simulated driving performance returned to baseline within three hours so there's a little more information in this article here i will share it as i always do in the show description notes if you want to read it for yourself which i encourage just scroll down and click on that link and it'll take you to this normal.org article here but on the same line that i was talking about earlier the ability to assess individuals' impairment levels is crucial to being able to normalize this stuff. And now we've got this study showing that not in like young, healthy, vibrant individuals, the sort of thinking of like, all right, you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s. These are people in retirement age, right? 65 to 80 years old. And those people, as indicated by the study were less impaired after inhaling cannabis than people, or at least they were weaving less when driving, than people who had a blood alcohol level of 0.05%, which again is within the legal limit. So suffice it to say, people could be driving on the road still within the legal limit of 008 If they're at .05 or .06, based on this study, they could be weaving their vehicles and their psychomotor control over the vehicles would be more impaired than these elderly study participants who had smoked as much cannabis as they wanted to before driving. That is my takeaway from the study, and I think that's a big one. So anyway, definitely go on to, uh, to read the rest of that one. It's worth your time. And then one final article that I thought would be exciting to all of us. Germany to legalize marijuana by April, top official says. I'm recording this episode February 15th, which puts us about a month and a half away from Germany legalizing cannabis. This is very exciting. This is from mjbizdaily.com. I will share this article as well. The posted author is just the staff of the paper, posted January 22nd and updated on the 1st of this month. Germany's health minister believes cannabis legalization will become a reality in the country this spring. Health minister Karl Lauterbach has set a target for the Bundestag, the national parliament, to approve the nation's long-awaited cannabis law In February, Germany would then, in April, become the first country to legalize cannabis in Europe, according to German news reports. The article quotes Lauterbach, saying, I am continuing to assume that the Cannabis Act will be passed by the Bundestag in the week between February 19th and 23rd, and will go into force from April 1st, end quote. Germany's current ruling coalition came into power, promising legalization, but has yet to pass a law. A parliamentary vote, which was expected to occur late last year, was delayed in December. The latest plan that they'll be voting on calls for decriminalization of cannabis, Home cultivation and possession starting April 1st of this year and cultivation clubs that would launch potentially in July. The article does note, however, some of Germany's 16 federal states oppose legalization. The southern state of Bavaria, which is governed by the conservative Christian Social Union, wants the law blocked, even though the latest version of the measure is a major step back from the original plan of full legalization. That's pretty much the entirety of this article. I will also share it in the description notes. Read it for yourself. Just scroll down and click that link, and you can kind of see what I was talking about there. But we have another country, and the first in Europe, according to their reports, who will legalize cannabis in just a few short weeks. Very, very exciting stuff. I love seeing more states join this party. I love seeing more countries join this party. And uh, to all my friends in Germany, hang tight. The uh, Green Rush, as I've been calling it here, is about to crash over your country as well. And I hope you get to enjoy it as much as I am here. I have also really been enjoying indulging in coffee again. I love getting my morning caffeine kick back after that dry January, a long 31 days without it. And if you're looking to try some delicious coffee to start your day and support a company started by veterans sworn to protect America, you need to try Split Rock Coffee coffee. They have lots of great options, like their breakfast blend, 100% Colombian light roast coffee. They have medium and dark roast as well, along with a cold brew coffee special. Winter will be over sometime soon, and with those warm temps, cold brew is excellent to have. They also have whole bean options as well as ground coffee and package deals. Or if you're looking more toward the end of your day rather than the beginning of it and you want to turn the party up maybe uh, before or after dinner, cocktails are always a great way to do that. But no need to head out to a bar or restaurant to get that quality cocktail that you're craving. You can get Camp Craft Cocktails sent right to your home jars with all the ingredients you need, along with recipe cards and instructions on how to craft your own delicious cocktails. All of that can come to you from Camp Craft. They've got lots of great options like fruitcake, sweater weather, peppermint black martini, a pumpkin smash, and you can shop your cocktails by Spirit if you're a vodka drinker, gin, whiskey, or tequila, like myself, rum, along with zero-proof spirits. If you're sober curious, or if you're looking to do a little bit of a dry month, Like I did. Campcraft Cocktails has you covered, and you can get both Split Rock Coffee and Campcraft Cocktails at the vouch store by scrolling down to the description notes and clicking on that vouch store link. It'll take you right to my show page, and you can support some businesses that are worth it and try some delicious products that I think you'll like. And if you're listening to this podcast, I believe that you like podcasts, and maybe you're looking for some others to listen to. Well, for your consideration, I want to suggest just fire-breathing kittens. That's right, that's the name. It's an actual play one-shot podcast that plays various tabletop role-playing games with a season-long plot. Because there's a beginning and an end to each week's story, you can start at any episode. Every week has a different combination of four from the same rotating cast group of people. I like that. I love a good tabletop game, and I think some excellent conversations can come during a round of games. So join Fire Breathing Kittens as they solve detective mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship wherever you get your podcasts. And that's going to wrap up this podcast from me this week. Listener, I want to thank one more time my guest Omar Delgado of Ivy Hall. Get out to one of those if you can, if you live in Illinois or if you're visiting sometime soon. Remember to leave a rating or review for the podcast, share it with your friends, become a subscriber by scrolling down and hitting that support the show link in the description notes, and follow the show at Seaman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or the Cannabis Man Podcast on Facebook. Any feedback. Suggestions or questions you might have, email host at CannabisManPodcast.com. And I'll be back again next week with another interview, some news stories for you, and perspective all about cannabis on the Cannabis Man Podcast. Bye bye. Cannabis Man is 100% originally crafted by myself, Don Kleppen. Original theme music written and composed by Yusu Kim, a.k.a. Goodson.